Finding Purpose, The Song of My Life, Episode 1. It's all about the music. Still to this day, there is a fascination and love for the pop music and the message that evolved in the late 1960s called The Summer of Love. It seemed to be coming out of California in particular, but it gradually became an international movement that was taking over the culture of the young generation. Looking back at that moment in time, I can see why I was so drawn in by it all and became a true follower. I was at the perfect age, from 14 to 19, and living in the center of the happening, which was California. As teenagers in those days, we listened to the latest songs on the radio and watched the popular television show, American Bandstand. It was being broadcasted from Los Angeles. Every Saturday, the youth could see performances of their favorite music groups and the latest dance crazes that accompanied the new songs. It was hugely popular and shaped not only the music industry, but also our society to a great extent. But once the Beatles stepped onto the scene in 1964, I was 14 with their first hits like I Want to Hold Your Hand and She Loves You, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. They became a sensation and drew all of our interest to the beat music that was coming out of Britain. After their famous debut performance on The Ed Sullivan Show, where some 73 million people gathered to watch, there was no turning back for many of us teens. You were either a Beatlemaniac that went out and bought every single, every magazine and fan article and didn't miss a TV show where you could watch them hypnotize their girly audience with their performance. This always included at least one song where they sang and shook their famous long-haired beetle mop, which made the girls scream like crazy. Or other folks were just too old for this nonsense, or others were too sophisticated to get on the bandwagon that was being labeled the Beatle Invasion. Either way, no one could ignore their music and the frenzy they created with their performances. These four young British guys, with the help of their innovative producer, were largely responsible for creating not only new music, but also a message to the world that at some point was coined counterculture. That's exactly what the youth of my day was looking for, a revolution not only in music, but in our complete society. Sound familiar? The Beatles are regarded as the most influential band of all time. I think that is interesting to consider that their music and lifestyle and the message had such an impact on so many people, including me. The combination of their music and the other folk rock groups, plus the hard rock bands, this all had a part in creating the now famous hippie movement. The flower power generation might seem from a distance like lots of fun and beautiful experiences, but reality proved to be something different. The psychedelic drugs accompanied most of this counterculture dropout movement. By the end of 1970, some of the most famous singer musicians had sadly died at a very young age. Not that you could even get the impression that I am still a Beatle fan and living the life of a hippie, far from it. Putting into perspective, those few years did set me on a specific course in life. I ended up, though, having many regrets down the line because of the choices I made. Unfortunately and sadly, I caused my parents much grief and heartache. This brings me back now to the title of episode one. It's all about the music. 
If it wasn't for the music in my life growing up, I think I probably wouldn't have ended up in Germany. It's as simple as that. It sure was not part of my plan as a teenager, but it is where I've spent most of my life now. How do we explain the steps and decisions in our lives that we make and where that takes us? Do we call it destiny or direction from the God of the universe? Others say you should follow your heart and fulfill your dreams. And another possibility could be that the God of heaven has a plan and is directing our steps. It's really a lot to ponder, and putting it down in book form has helped me see more clearly. These are some of the thoughts I have had over the years, and you probably also wonder where your life is going and what part you have to play in it all. Looking back, I can see how every decision I made led me down a particular path. Some of it was wonderful and exciting and surprising, but there were also plenty of deep valleys to walk through along the way. When I was young, I was definitely on a search for meaning and purpose, specifically the philosophies of the hippie movement, like yoga and meditation, and the search for truth through Eastern religions had a big impact on me as a teen. It was way more interesting than going to the Methodist church every Sunday with mom and dad, which I had done all my life so far. But where that actually took me is amazing to consider. As a true hippie would say, it blows my mind. So let's get started with the beginning of my story. Growing up in the 1950s and 60s in California was a privilege. Most people around the world tend to think of California as a vacation paradise with beautiful beaches and lots of sunshine, which it is, of course. My parents chose the San Francisco Bay Area near Hayward to build a house and raise their three daughters. This was home for me, with lots of fun memories and experiences that later set me on my way into the world with confident expectation. The Bay Area is known for its mild weather, it never really gets too hot, and you can rely on a slight breeze from the Bay that keeps the summers cool and comfortable. Winter brings morning fog and some rain, but snow is unheard of there. I remember our three-month summer school vacations, where we enjoyed the sunshine and the carefree life. It was normal for us kids to run around either barefoot or in rubber flip-flops, which we called Zoris. Maybe some of you remember that name. Since we didn't live directly near the ocean, my parents would have to plan a family outing to the nearest beach in Santa Cruz. It was about an hour and a half drive from our home in the suburbs of San Lorenzo, which is near Hayward. Usually by the time we arrived, the fog had cleared and the sun would be blazing. After we chose our spot on the beach and spread out the large swim towels, we would run out to meet the waves and enjoy the refreshing cool waters. When it was time for lunch, mom would open up the cooler and hand out all the carefully wrapped sandwiches and drinks that she had prepared for the family. As children, we couldn't wait to head over to the boardwalk to get our turns on the fun rides. One special attraction in those days was the large merry-go-round where you could lean over as you went around to catch a metal ring. Funny, but I can't even remember what the prize was if you were lucky enough to pull out one of those rings. Besides the various rides like the bumper cars and the roller coaster, there were the typical food stands that sold hot dogs, milkshakes, and cotton candy. There was even a shop where you could watch the employees make homemade taffy using a taffy pulling machine. Dad would treat us to a bag of our favorite flavors that were individually wrapped in wax paper. 
After I turned 16 and had my treasured driver's license, I was allowed to take the family station wagon and drive with my girlfriends to Santa Cruz. As teenagers, our main goal was to lay on our towels in the sand in our bikinis and look cute. We were probably hoping that we would run into some tanned surfer boys while we were there. Swimming wasn't really our thing. We would wade out into the waves while at the same time being careful not to get our hair wet and ruin our hairdo. My girlfriend would always get a beautiful tan while I would go home with lots of freckles or worse yet, a terrible sunburn from our day at the beach. Every summer, my parents planned a different vacation for the family at some beautiful resort location in California. We took trips to Clear Lake and Lake Tahoe, either camping or renting small cabins. I think I remember these so well because we have nice little black and white photographs that keep these memories alive. One of those trips was to Yosemite National Park. Our camping space was directly next to the river where us girls could float on our air mattresses and play on the little beach area. The usual rented spot was complete with a picnic bench, a wooden food cupboard, and a barbecue pit. I mention that because often in Germany, the camping sites don't have those conveniences. Normally, you could count on dry, sunny weather for a camping trip, but I still have vivid memories, though, of a rain and thunderstorm that came up in the middle of the night. The five of us were asleep in our tent when we were awoken by very loud thunder. The pouring rain had caused the canvas tent to rip at the top and slide down the pole in the center. For us little girls, it was pretty scary, as we watched our daddy go out in the dark in his pajamas to get the kerosene lamp and the tent repair kit. You can imagine mom and dad struggling to hold up the tent while sewing on a patch as the water was dripping down onto our sleeping bags. Of course, they managed to fix it. Dad was famous for being equipped with all kinds of tools on hand just for such occasions. One day, dad had planned that we take the hike up to the top of the Vernal Waterfalls. Now that I have had my own children, I think it is surprising that my parents had the patience to take us three little girls up there. Towards the end of the hike, my dad had to carry my little sister on his shoulders, of course. The closer we got to the top, the louder the roar of the water became, and we were all getting a bit wet by the spray from the falls. When we finally arrived at the landing, you had a beautiful view of the whole park. There was simple handrails where you could stand and look down over the waterfall. Dad was taking pictures, and then he wrapped the camera up in his jacket to protect it. A few minutes later, my mom picked the jacket up, not realizing the camera was in it. We all watched with shock and disappointment as the camera tumbled over the edge down into the falls. Besides the usual summer vacation goals, there was a new attraction that opened up in 1955 in Southern California, Disneyland. It was a long drive from the Bay Area, but it was a must for families who could afford it to get to visit the famous new Disneyland park. I only vaguely remember the rides and seeing the Disney characters like Snow White and Mickey Mouse that walked around greeting the children and posing for pictures. Actually, I still have the vintage apron with Disney characters on it that my mother bought there as a souvenir. While we were in L.A., we also went to Knott's Berry Farm, where they had the old western town with cowboys and Indians. I think seeing the Indian teepees and their traditions made a lasting impression on me. You will hear more about that as we go along into my story. 
At the time, I was in the Bluebirds Club, which my mom helped host. As we became young teens, we learned some about the Indian culture. We could earn colored wooden beads and badges according to our accomplishments, and then hand-sewed them onto our vests. Maybe some of you know what I mean. The special part was that we could choose our own Indian name based on our personality and talents. We had a booklet where you could choose according to syllables and their meanings to create your name. My choice was Tawanka because it had something to do with being creative. I think it's funny that I remember that. Even though we lived only a 45-minute trip to San Francisco, we still considered ourselves tourists there. So a day trip was special. Dad could choose either to drive over the Bay Bridge or the Golden Gate, which was a fun experience for us. I'm sure for people who come from all over the world to see the famous Golden Gate Bridge, it makes a much bigger impact on them. Once I was able to drive, my dad even let me use his car to drive over to the city to go to concerts there. My fondest memories of family outings were when we were teenagers and we took weekend trips. A favorite destiny was the coastal town of Monterey. The area is famous for its white sandy beach, large protruding rock areas, and the unusual looking cypress trees that are twisted by the wind. I still have some beautiful colored slides from one of those visits. We would stay overnight at a motel with a swimming pool, and we all enjoyed taking a swim in the lighted pool at night under the stars. On another evening, Dad would take us down to the beach to watch the sunset, but first we would gather driftwood and make a small campfire. It was a special family time around the glowing fire, listening to the waves and roasting marshmallows. That was in the late 60s. It's probably not even allowed anymore to have open fires on the beach these days. I was the oldest daughter, then came my sister Teresa, who was two years younger than myself, and then our little sister Darla, who was born when I was eight years old. Looking back on my upbringing, I am thankful to my parents for making it possible for us to have had the opportunity to travel around and enjoy the beauty of California. California.